Welcome back to Sports Scene for hour number two on an absolutely gorgeous Monday today. Uh, we're going to have Mouse Holloway here, and uh, he, of course, just won a national championship in indoor track for the Gators. But I would like to tell you about Jen Welter, who is here, and she's Dr. Welter. Um, tomorrow at 9.30 a.m. in the Florida gym in room 105, she will have a talk. It's free and open to the public, and I'm not going to tell you what it's about because I'm going to let Jen do that, but it's titled Being Limitless, Lessons from the First Woman Coach in the NFL. And, and Jen, welcome, and thank you for doing this and stopping by. Uh, you know, it's great to be here. I'm a, I'm a Florida native. So Are you? Absolutely. Born and raised in Vero Beach. Okay. So. Uh, Gators have been a part of the rivalry that I grew up amongst uh, for a very long time. Um, without giving away, you know, what you're going to talk about tomorrow necessarily, um, but I do want you to discuss that a little bit because I think it's interesting, you know, the way, you know, being limitless. I, I li- those two words I liked when I saw that. Discuss that a little bit, the being limitless part. You know, to me, I think a lot of people have preconceived notions of what's possible in this world. And if I were to characterize myself and my story, when I was growing up, it was probably everything that I couldn't, shouldn't, and wouldn't do. And thankfully, the one thing I didn't do was listen. And I, I think it's easy to find limits or to have them put on us by other people. And it takes a special kind of crazy to proceed um, despite those things. And I hope if people can get something from my story it's a kernel of that in their own as I tell people this isn't a football story it's a life lesson story it's a life story but mine just happened to play out in the football field well uh, let me ask by asking you the kind of the usual first question here how did you get involved playing football what did you like about the game I grew up in Vero Beach Florida so you know we in Florida we love our football and I remember being at those games and I would look and I'd watch and I thought that these guys were real life superheroes. I had the pads and the helmets and everything was like larger than life to me. And I even remember thinking that my high school stadium had the brightest lights I'd ever seen. Hmm. And I was just enchanted by it. But when I was that age, girls didn't play football. And so I actually didn't get to play football until I was 22 years old, had played rugby at Boston College all four years and finally had my opportunity to play football. And when I made the team, um, even at five foot two, you know, I'm a tiny little thing and not the one that everybody said would be a great football player. I made myself a simple promise. And that was that I would step up to any challenge that the game put in my way. And I had no idea what I was getting myself into at the time. But it was a good promise to make because I followed that um, beyond where a lot of people said was possible. How many years did you play? What position did you play? I played 14 years women's professional football. And in that time, I played pretty much everything because that's what ends up happening. (laughs) Um, However, the positions that I was uh, best at, I played linebacker most of the time, speed rush outside, um, and even some defensive end on pass downs because I was little and very fast and couldn't be stopped. Now, you played the game a long time. When did the coaching bug first hit you? Um, It actually was presented to me, not as something I wanted, but as something that um, Wendell Davis, former Dallas Cowboy, wanted me to be a part of his coaching staff um, for the Texas Revolution. And I actually played a season for the Revolution the season before. So I played a season in men's professional football and in that time, developed great relationships with these guys. 
and it was relationships that people didn't expect in football and it kind of caught Wendell off guard. And after we had talked and got to know each other, the next day he called me and said, you have to coach my football team. And I told him no. Did you? Absolutely. I had never seen it possible that a woman, much less myself, could coach football and especially not in professional football because there was nobody I could look to and say, I want to be her when I grow up. And so I turned him down. I hung up the phone on him. And the next day he called me back and he said, you remember how I told you uh, you got to coach this football team? And I said, yeah. And he had also said, not a lot of guys are going to give you this opportunity. You're taking this job. And I had hung up on him. And he said, well, I took it for you. You're coaching for me. And by the way, you can't quit. Otherwise, the entire narrative surrounding women coaching and men's professional football will be, we had a girl once and she quit. Wow. (laughs) That's for coming from Wendell Davis, that's pretty pro. Not not that it isn't, it didn't come out right. What I'm saying is Wendell Davis was very smart and very astute to say that because he understood the magnitude of it. Absolutely. He had my number. And I lovingly say that Wendell saw something in me before I even saw it in myself. And I think that that's a lot of us. A lot of us have fear of that imposter syndrome or taking the next step or maybe jumping into deep water when we've, you know, we've only been in the baby pool before and he wouldn't let me limit myself. And I appreciate him every day for that. When you played, did you think about ever coaching? Did you like X's and O's? Did you, did you have a, an affinity for that at all? I was the wild card player. I wasn't the captain who got everybody in into place. I was the one who couldn't be stopped. I was that linebacker who was going to be a problem. <laughs> I was the one that other teams had to run away from. So no, I never thought of myself that way. Um, but I was a great teammate and I was a very smart player. I played a lot of mind games on the field and I, I think I knew a lot more football X's and O's than I would have given myself credit to. Um, I remember when I was first coaching, I would keep my notes to myself because they were notes like I would write to myself before games and the film study that I would do on my own. And I didn't yet know if it was the quote unquote right way to do it. Uh, so I would keep them to myself until one day one of my players uh, took the notes out of my hand and he started reading them. And he was like, uh, Coach Shen, and he was actually one of the D linemen, not one of my linebackers. He's like, uh, why you been holding out on us? These are really good notes. Why wouldn't you give them to us? And so to me, it was, again, it was realizing that you didn't necessarily have to be coached on the right way to have something of value to add because I was probably better than even I thought. All right, let's skip up to the NFL opportunity. How did that come about? So I'm coaching on the Texas Revolution, and a very big day happened in the NFL. It was Sarah Thomas was hired as the first full-time female ref in NFL history. And as a result of that, gotta love the media, right? Because they asked questions, right? I gotta love you guys, gotta give you credit. <laughs> um, somebody asked Bruce Arians in a press conference if he could ever, and that was the head coach of Arizona mm-hmm. Cardinals, um, if he could ever see a female coaching in the NFL. Now. I think the reason that they asked Bruce is because he's one of those coaches who will actually tell you an answer. You know, he's not one of those guys who's like, well, you know, at the end of the game, the team with the most points will win. And you always listen to it and you're like, 
thanks so much for telling me nothing. Yeah. Well, Bruce is a guy who will give you an answer. And as a player, it may not always be the answer that you want to hear, but he'll tell you something. And it'll it'll usually always be the truth, very unfiltered, unbiased kind of truth. And so his response to that question was, the second a woman proves that she can make these guys better, she'll be hired. So I ended up calling the Arizona Cardinals on behalf of myself as if I wasn't myself. That day I was not an assistant coach. I was an assistant to the head coach. And I thought head coach to head coach, the coach Arians should know that um, though it wasn't the NFL, there was already a female coaching in men's professional football and that coach Arians should know. And I worked my way to uh, BA's assistant, Wesley, and I left this message on head on behalf of head coach of the Texas Revolution, blah, blah, blah. And um, about two weeks later, uh, Coach Arians called him back. Mm. And I walked into practice, and uh, my coach had the biggest smile on his face I'd ever seen. And he said, you will never guess who called me yesterday. It was Bruce Arians. And he said, tell me about this girl. Wow. So you get it. He eventually invited me into OTAs. Um, to come out to Arizona and to meet with them. And at the end of that practice, he essentially told me, he was like, you know, I will never forget. One of the best coaches I was ever around was at Heinz Junior College. It was a receivers coach. And her name was Dot Murphy. And he said, the fact that none of that has changed, the fact that it's no better for women in coaching this game. Somebody has to change that. And he said, I think this is the right team. We have a diverse coaching staff. He was already known for having one of the most diverse coaching staffs in the league. And he's like, and we have great players. We have high character guys. So I think this is the right team. These are the right players. And you're definitely the right woman. Now I don't know yet if I can make this happen. I got to get a whole lot of yeses, but I want you to know it's in my heart to try. And so there were no other teams. I didn't call around the NFL. I didn't bang on every door. It was really a personal connection um, between me and Bruce, and it was him being the man that he is, um, a little bit of a rule breaker who's known as having the personal philosophy of no risk it, no biscuit, um, that he was the one to make this happen. Can you stay one more segment? Absolutely. Good, because I want now, I'll leave it at this. The door's been busted open, and now we're going to talk to Jen about the, the actual coaching, how the players took to her, what she's doing now. Remind you about her talk again tomorrow. 117, time check brought to you by Hayes Prestige Jewelry, where the answer is always yes. ESPN, 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. It's the Dean of Sports Talk in Gainesville, Steve Russell, on ESPN 98.1 FM and 8.50 AM, WRUF. Welcome back. Our guest, Dr. Jen Welter. He, she will speak tomorrow, being limitless, lessons from the first woman coach of the NFL, tomorrow at 9.30, Florida Gym in room 105. She has a book she will tell you about in a minute. She'll do a book signing after that. But I want to get back, Jen, to where we were. So for those who are just tuning in, Jen has told her story, but now she is coaching with the NFL's Arizona Cardinals. 
So when Bruce Arians gives you that chance, what was the player reaction to you? Well, you know, it's interesting. I'll back you up just a little yeah, bit. Sure. And I asked Bruce about this when I was writing my book. I said, you know, what was, what was your process like? Because most people would assume he wanted to make this change and you would go where? What would you think? Well, what would be his first step? Maybe go to the GM, the owner, talk to them. Mm -hmm. He didn't. That's what makes Bruce the guy he is. His first move was to go and talk to the leaders in his locker room, the players, right? And say, hey, you know, I'm thinking about doing this. I think this would be really great to the team. What do you guys think? And so the players were all for it. And when his leaders on the team were supportive of making that decision to bring me in, then he went up the food chain because he knew if the players didn't want it and didn't have buy-in, it didn't matter if I was a great coach or not. If they're not going to listen, we have a problem. And so those guys were as supportive as I could have possibly imagined, even more so. You know, they knew everything about me before I had walked in the door. They knew I had played on the men's team. They knew I had coached them. They had watched my game film. And as we athletes know, that's the ultimate sign of respect. And they would come up and they'd be like, man, Coach Jen, I watched your game film. Like, you were a beast off the edge. Like, we're so <laughs> excited to have you. Yeah. And so from a player's perspective, they were really excited. And then also, they were really proud to be a part of history. Um, and I think that they saw a lot of commonality in our struggles because you know, a lot of the guys would say, man, coach, we thought it was hard for us to get here, but for you, for you to be the first woman here, like, you know, what was that like? And, and we would talk a lot about the biases and the challenges to overcome. And, and so I think we saw it as we were all in, in the trenches together. And we laughed a whole lot because we'd have those moments when it was like, dude, you just said that out loud. And they'd be like, oh, that's not what I meant. And I'm like, I know, but let's just say that maybe. And, and so we would laugh about a lot of those things because it is different. But not once in my entire time with Arizona did I have one moment of disrespect or conflict with all of those men. And that's probably why, or that's definitely why I am so outspoken on their behalf and on, on behalf of all the men that are in the National Football League because I found a place where uh, the perception that the outsiders have of a lot of those players is very different than the reality that I experienced. What duties did you have as a coach? I was the assistant inside linebackers coach. So every meeting, all the film, all of that stuff, um, I was hand-to-hand -hand and hip-to-hip -hip with uh, Larry Foote, who was the head inside linebackers coach. Um, now, was this on an internship basis? It's technically the Bill Walsh Minority Coaching Fellowship, which was very interesting in and of itself and probably why the guys knew that we had so much in common because the Bill Walsh Minority Coaching Fellowship was originally set up for African-American former players who were traditionally underrepresented in coaching ranks. And so Bruce worked the system, right? He definitely, if I had to wager... Um, asked for forgiveness rather than to permission. And so it was a, a position where you come in and you are hired through the third preseason game. Did you think you would, given the experience that you had, that you might be able to stick when that didn't happen? What was your reaction? Well, you know, I think intellect and emotion are, are very divergent at that point. Sure. Are. Right? In, in, in my mind and in everything that would set out, 
I had a start date and an end date. I had an arrival plane ticket and a departure plane ticket. Um, and it was all very, you know, very clear. And there were other guys who came in and did the same thing that I did with the same time frame. But in my heart, could I hope? Sure. Yeah. I think until until the very last moment, I still believed, or I know I still believed that there was a chance, especially because of how well everything went. Um, and so it was still very painful to have to have it end, even though I knew going in that this was the opportunity of a lifetime with an end date. And it wasn't meant to be happily ever after. But you would do it again, wouldn't you? I would do it again over and over, a hundred thousand times over, knowing exactly what I knew going in. And personally, my philosophy on it was, the goal is to be the first and to ensure that you're not the last. Because the truth is that being the first is a very precarious position. Because if you do well, you open the door for everybody else to not only have that opportunity, but you giving people permission to dream. However, if you do badly, you have now closed a door tighter than it might have been closed before you got there. And so I had to be very real in all of those things and in that philosophy. <coughs> I'm getting over a cold. He's choked up. I've got him choked up. I have that effect. Tell me about help. the book. Um, so the book, Play Big, um, <laughs> Lessons in Living Limitless from the First Woman to Coach in the NFL, is, you know, it's stories from my careers and hopefully um, tangible lessons that can be applied to other areas in life. And um, it's, it's a very real account of some of the things that people wouldn't have known otherwise. And just a way that I hope people have a little bit of that, that spark that it took me to overcome some inter insurmountable odds and um, some really funny stories along the way mixed. So it's, it's motivation, inspiration, and just being very real with people. <coughs> Tomorrow, 9.30 a.m., Florida gym, room 105. You can hear Jen speak, open to the public, book signing afterwards. Absolutely. It's been a pleasure to talk to you and meet you. Thank yes, you. Yes, it's been a You're pleasure. terrific. Thank you. 1.30, time check brought to you by Hayes Prestige Jewelry, where the answer is always yes. I'll get my voice back, I hope. And then we're going to talk to Gator track coach Mouse Holloway next on Sports Scene.